Welcome to the Stacking Slabs podcast. Join Brett to get the latest sports cards investment advice, hear from industry experts that are deep in the trenches, and find out when to turn left when the rest of the market is going right. Get eBay ready, get PayPal ready. Let's be students of the game and stack those slabs. What is up? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs, your hobby content alternative. We are dropping this on Friday, and you know what that means. We have a conversation with a collector that is bringing it. We are talking about football, football cards, baby. What a wacky free agency period. I figured, you know what? I need to bring a football card collector back on the program to talk about what's happening. And uh, you know what? Let's bring on someone who you have not heard from before. I got my man, Mike DiMartino, at Mikey.SportsCards on the Instagram machine. He's a wealth of knowledge. I love his insight. This conversation was a ton of fun for me. I love going deep in the weeds on mechanics, what to look for, forecasting, all of these fun topics. If you like what I'm doing over here, hit that subscribe button. Tell a damn friend you're enjoying Stacking Slabs podcast, would you? your hobby content alternative you already know that let's kick into the conversation what is up everyone welcome back to the show i am excited for this episode and we are bringing it back to football football cards it has been a wild off season and instead of going to kind of my traditional rolodex of people that i i typically talk about football cards with i figured i'd bring in a new voice so i am joined by Mikey, you might know him at Mikey.SportsCards. We got a chance to meet each other face-to-face at the National. Actually, he sold me a card at the National. Michael Pittman, Gold Prism, um, gave me a pretty good deal on that. I know he's deep in the weeds. So, uh, yeah, we're just going to talk about what's been happening this offseason, football cards, the market implications. But without further ado, Mikey, how you doing, brother? I'm doing good. Hanging in there. Good to see you. Yes, sir. Before we get started, I, I think it's... I know we're talking football cards, but you're you're a you're a football card guy, but also a baseball player. So maybe brief the audience on just like your your career in baseball and what you're up to right now. Okay, so a little background on me is uh, I'm actually a college athlete. I play baseball for um, Southern Connecticut State University. It's a local Division two around here. Um, seventh year playing. I know I'm I'm getting old there, but. With COVID, they keep giving us years back. I keep getting hurt, and I'm just gonna keep taking the years. Only young once, you know what I mean? I wish I still had the uh, glory years. I, if I hit the, if I hit the field or the diamond or the court, I'm sure I'd tear an ACL at this point. So it's it's good to have some youth on the pod. Maybe we start here. So I was looking at some data before you came on. I was just looking like the growth of the football card market from from this point last year to today. And Card Ladder told me that the, the football card market was up 127% in their index, which I think that's about right, especially with just Brady, with every new eyeballs, people coming in. I know you were someone that were, has been kind of involved with football cards pre the kind of boom that we're, we're going under right now. But maybe like from your perspective, someone who makes a lot of moves, who's collecting, buying, selling, trading, like, how do you kind of frame up like the last year or so with football cards and, and growth? Like what have you experienced on your end? I think the growth has been insane for football. I mean, once I, I got into the hobby, like later than most people, like I'm young. I, um, I actually sold sneakers before I did football cards, but just seeing when I came in the hobby, it was like, everyone's like basketball, basketball, basketball. I'm like, 
I watch football every Sunday. Like I'm sitting on the couch for eight hours. I'm watching football and looking at ratings of games compared to basketball. I'm like, dude, football's got it. Like that market's got to go insane. So while everyone's buying basketball, I'm buying, I mean, I was buying base cards. Like, I was buying Dak base. I was buying just like the, the regular quarterbacks before like the, the boom. And I think that's really where I hit, which is really good. But I mean, I'm more into the, the better stuff now, but you know. Yeah. And I want to talk about the better stuff there, but yeah, like you mentioned it, there's a, these narratives that the hobby just like operates from, and it just seems like they're absolute in truth. And I don't necessarily play too much in the basketball card space, even though I love basketball and love basketball cards, but to me, it just seems like it's too expensive. And you know, the narrative is like, it's always going to be more expensive because it's an international game, but you mentioned the ratings. It seems like, you know, if football is very much uh, Americana, it is, everyone's a fan of a team. Everyone, not everyone, but a lot of people gamble on football. Um, there's daily fantasy, there's fantasy sports. And it just seems like the connection between what's happened with just football and its growth with football cards hadn't really paired up until kind of this this last year. So I don't know, like, do you have any thoughts on that? Just the way the hobby is already always operated to kind of what we're seeing today? I think more people are getting into football because they're seeing that. They're seeing, the, like, like you said, the fantasy, the gambling. There's just so many more viewers on football compared to basketball. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love basketball. I love watching a basketball game. I love throwing the Lakers game on, whatever. But there's just nothing better than watching a Thursday night football, Sunday night football game. I just... I think it's not even, it, it's not, it shouldn't even be close. I think football card market can get up to the basketball market. I just don't see why the basketball market needs to be that high. I can't get into it because I, I mean, I, I'm a college kid. Like I'm not, I can't spend that much money on a LeBron auto or a, a Kobe auto, even though Kobe is my favorite athlete of all time. That's, that's another thing, but I can't afford that. So I got into it with the football and the price points just make way more sense to make money off of too. How would you debunk some of these things that get tossed around or have been tossed around where it's like, you know, football cards and collecting isn't as relatable because the guys are wearing helmets and you don't really understand or know their personalities. That's one thing that I've heard a lot just in regards to football. But then and on the flip side, too, it's like to me, and I want to get into this just with all the transition this offseason. But to me, people have always it's felt like football is, you know, a a let's say September to January and then it's done and no one cares about it where I don't know like now it feels like this is a year-round operation like this yeah is, I got I got I actually got two points in that yeah let's so go the first the first with with no helmets I, I don't buy that anymore because social media is so much bigger now you know like what what Mahomes looks like you know what Kylo looks like like off the field like you know those personalities I don't I don't I never agreed with the He's wearing a helmet. I don't know who he is. You, those guys are so recognizable. It's actually insane. That that point never made sense to me. So I was like, no, I'm not buying that. Um, the second thing you said was was again. Yeah, I I was just talking about the year the the year round how football the NFL has turned into a year year long like when the Super Bowl is over we were already talking about the off season and and yeah. like to me those implications bleed directly over to the hobby and the football card market. Honestly, I think 
the football market is way stronger in the off season compared to like during the season. Like when you get into like week six to the end of the year, it's, it's a little dead compared to like the off season. Like people are like, Oh, the off season is going to be so slow. It's like, no, this is like, like I'm getting DMS all day. Like, what do you got for Allen? What do you got for Herbert? It's like, but when they were playing there, I wasn't getting those DMS. I think the off season is like prime football cards. That's what I'm. That's what I've been gathering this off season. Everyone's posting like looking to buy, looking to buy, looking to buy. It's like, oh, okay. I think that's right, and I felt that too. And I think it's just because you know, it's the speculation component. Like, you know, people that people that jumped at this point when Matt Stafford got traded last year and jumped on Matt Stafford, prob and maybe sold Matt Stafford, you know, before or after the Super Bowl probably did pretty well for themselves. And so I want to like get into that with you, just like maybe your last year and talking about just some of the moves you made and like your operation, just to kind of paint the picture there. But before we do that, I want to talk about just like this off season, it's been unmatched, right? Like the, the names, the transitions, like what, what is your, so what, what is your read been on this situation? Maybe talk about just some, personal perspective of all the transitions in the NFL. I love it. Honestly, going back like a couple of years, like you never see like trades that much. You get like one or two, like during the off season, like, Oh, that's great. But like, honestly, this felt like an NBA off season or an MLB off season, which I love to see. I love seeing teams, uh, players go to different teams. I think it's the best thing for the sport. You know, it's like, I don't want to see like Tyree Hill versus now. I don't like, I don't want to see him on the chiefs anymore. I, I want to see him with Miami. I want to see what he could do with Tua. Or Devontae Adams. He's going to put up these crazy stats, like, with Rodgers. Obviously, like, that's his boy. But, like, let's see what he can do with the Raiders. Like, I love seeing stuff like that. And then, like, quarterbacks. When do you see quarterbacks move like this? Never. Seeing no. my dude, Russell, go to the Broncos. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know let's, let, let's talk about that. So, I think when I first uh, got connected to your page and we met, like, I your your page was, like, filled with with Russell Wilson. Maybe at a time where not a lot of people were buying Russell Wilson. I think um, you probably saw, you know, accolades, Super Bowl champion, obviously, you know, one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL, but he just didn't seem like the, like the type of hobby heartthrob that like maybe like a, a Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow is right now or a Mahomes, those types. Maybe like talk about, before we get into the move to Denver and your thoughts, maybe talk about like what drew you to uh, Russell Wilson and his him as a player in his card market. So, I mean, I've been a Russell Wilson fan, like, my whole life. Like, since he came to the league, I'm like, this dude is special. Like, he's unreal athlete. Like, everything. I loved everything about him. I mean, I'm not a Seahawks fan, so I don't really have, like, a real connection with him. I just, like, love him as a player. But, like, when I came into the hobby, I noticed, like, his stuff, like, was kind of cheap on the cheaper side. So, I'm like, oh, like, I love Russell. Like, why don't I get into buying him? And that's, like, how that started then I was like, then I'm watching videos of Russ. I'm like, all right, this is my guy. I think I'm going to go all in on him. And I did that before. So last year he was not, well, two years ago, he was having like that MVP, like first, like six weeks, like whatever. And so his stuff started to boom. And so I, I mean, I was able to sell some stuff during that time, which I was able to get into like his better things that I own now. But the Russ market was just way too cheap for me not to get in, especially for a player I like. Like I was comparing him. I think I was comparing him like Kyler at the time. And I'm like, Kyler's great and all, but compared to Russ, I'm like, there, there's, it's just not, it's not even close. 
So, so maybe talk a little bit about that. Cause I think you said something that's important that, you know, his market was affordable in relation to others. And it was likely because people weren't buying him and people weren't as jacked up on his speculation as they were a Kyler Murray, but like you've always admired him. So I think like to me in any market, it seems like when you have a connection with someone and you believe in that person and have conviction and other people aren't around and you look at the price in comparison to where everyone else is at, like that is the time to buy. And it's even more rewarding because regardless of what happens, like you're owning a a card of a player that like when it's Sunday and your team's not playing and Russ is playing, like you're like, all right, I'm going to, I can't wait to sit down and watch him. Is that kind of like your, your mode of operation there with him? Totally. Like I totally, I, I like watching him every Sunday. Like it's sick. Like he's great. But I just think like these newer guys compared to, to Russ, to Stafford, to, uh, to Matt Ryan, people just want to buy these younger guys. I mean, I, I'm all in. I, I love buying the young guys. I love buying Herbert. I love buying Burrow, but they forget about these older guys. I guess you could say Russ is kind of on the older side. Stafford's kind of on the older side. They both have Super Bowl rings. Now they just don't get the love, I guess. Because I guess the hobby blew up in the last two years. So the people that got into the hobby are like, all right, I need to chase Herbert. I need to chase Burrow. And that's what they're just like forgetting about like the older guys, except Brady. It's like, you can't really forget about him. <laughs> what kind of Russ, Russell Wilson cards are you, are you sitting on right now? Or like, what are some of your prized possessions? So I actually, so I, I had a lot of Russell cards. Like, like I had like a bunch of his prism gold. I was, I was chasing the prism gold set. I think I, I ended up getting, I had the, at one point I had the 14, the 15, 16, 17, and 18. But then I was like, you know what? Like, I kind of just want to own one of these. So I started selling them off, selling them off, selling them off. Like, whatever. It's not that big of a deal. I got a picture for my Instagram. So it's okay with those. I actually was able to make a trade with my buddy Sierra at a California Card Collector. We, um, he's a huge fan of the 2014 year. He loves the Kobe Bryant set for that. So I actually had the the Russ in a BGS 10 and he at the national, when we met up, he, he found the, the 2013 Russ. And I love the 2013 year. That is my absolute favorite year for basketball, football, anything. The shine on that is ridiculous. So he got it graded. It came out of BGS nine. Uh, I've, I've been bugging him for ever since he got it back from BGS. Like, let me get that card. Let me get that card. Let me get it. He's like, no, no, it'll, it'll be yours eventually. Just wait. I'm like, all right, all right. So when I decided I was going to sell off like all like the prism golds, I'm like, all right, let me, let me, let me bother Sierra a little bit more. I, I kept saying like, let's get a 2014 for 2013 deal done. Let's get it done. So we were able to come to a deal like super easy. So it's when you make friends like that in the hobby, it's just so easy to make deals with. Like there's no BS. So we were able to get that done. So Right now, I own the 2013 of the the Russ Gold, um, and then I own one rookie now. I used to I used to buy like all the prisms, and it's just not doing it for me anymore. Like even like just like the prism silver is like yeah, I know the the print low is super the print run is super low on it. It's just not doing it for me. Yeah, you can make money off of it, but with Russ, it's hard to buy things and sell at this point. Like. Yeah, I, I should have been buying tops, chromes, and bases of those just to like flip right now, but I don't want to sell them when I get them. So I ended up making like a big trade at uh, 
one of the shows and got uh, the Russell Wilson tops Chrome Gold his uh, rookie year. And what's special about that card is it's a uh, three of fifty. So it's his jersey number. And I know people in the hobby love the jersey number. I'm, I'm a little sucker for the jersey number, too. So as soon as I saw the three for 50, I'm like, all right, I don't care the price point. I'm going after this card. And that's what I did. I made a big trade for that. So I got that done. Oh, man, that's a monster card. Uh, to talk Something you don't hear being discussed, and I'd love to maybe you get into the mechanics of this deal. And maybe it was just a, a friendly handshake deal. But obviously, Sierra, a California card collector, shout out, a friend of the show. When you're trading like same player, gold prism in different years, like was there a lot to think about there? Was there like a, did you have to, did someone have to throw in sweeteners or anything? Or was it just kind of like so, one of those straight up things? No. So Sierra actually threw in a little bit. He ended up adding uh, maybe a little cash and he added a, a DK optic uh, auto, optic contenders auto. We just like price point because of the BGS 10. And there was a couple BGS 9.5 sales on the 14 because there's, co- there's a couple floating around on, e- on eBay. So we were able to like say the, the BGS 10 was worth a little more because they technically are. So we, we were like, all right, we're both Russ collectors. Like they're both Super Bowl years, I guess. I know Russ lost 2014. He won 2013. So we're like, all right, they're both Super Bowl years. Like yours is a BGS 9, mine's a BGS 10. Like. I think you got to add a little bit. He's like, all right, yeah, you're right. You're right. And it was an easy deal. It was super easy. I was able to get some cash, sell the DK and get some, some more stuff, you know? So the, so the Jersey number gold refractor tops Chrome rookie, if I were a, a Russell Wilson collector, that would probably be the, the number one card I would want. So you're sitting on this, like me, just like you hearing, I got goosebumps you talking about it. So like for, from your vantage point, you've got this like one of his best cards, I would say. Like what, like what, how do you, when you own something like that, like what is your, what's the end goal with that? Like how do you, obviously you want it to appreciate even more, but is that a card you're like in for a long time with? Or if something happens, will you move it? Like talk me through so, just your mentality there. So most cards I get, I, I don't have a huge attachment to, like I'll flip them, whatever. Like that card, like I'm attached to. Like that's in for the long haul. Like if Russ wins another Super Bowl, I don't even care. I think I'm just gonna hold it. Like Russ is my guy. Like I love watching him play. Even when he retires, I, I can see myself holding that card like forever. Like because because of that, like three to fifty. Like I love that. I don't even care that great. It's a I think it's a BGS eight five. It's got an eight centering, which I think it should be a little better, but that's all right. I just see myself holding that for like a long time. Like that's one card I just don't see myself getting rid of. So I have, I've never like thought too much about like as an outsider looking at the Jersey number thing until I got the uh, Jonathan Taylor championship ticket, Jersey number 28 out of 49. And now it's like, I know what you mean. It's like, not only I love the guy, he's on my team. He's just a beast and limitless potential, but it's like just having something like that. It's so unique and rare um, how big of a factor does like, you know, the scarcity, having something someone else doesn't have, how much of that plays into you kind of you, you're buying uh, when you're buying cards or when you're getting rid of cards? So I, lo- I love the Jersey number. Like, so if I'm looking for Russ, I'm looking for like his, the Jersey number three, but honestly, if I'm buying a card, like to flip, I'm kind of staying away from the Jersey number. Like 
I love buying Jalen Hurts cards. I try and stay away from his his jersey number because people don't want to pay a premium on stuff like that. And I'll get into like uh, like a Jalen Hurts card market or something like that because I love buying him. Even as a Cowboys fan, I love buying Jalen Hurts. All right, we're going to get to Jalen Hurts. Before we get off Russell Wilson, talk to me about Denver, the transition. What goes on in your head as like a Russ guy? And Because this is something that, so many collectors, myself include, like, did I ever think I'd be buying Matt Ryan cards? Hell no. But now here I am buying Matt Ryan cards. But you're someone who's collected Russ moving to a new team. Like, how do you look at that team transition? Um, what do you think it means for like him and kind of the Broncos and then also him and his card market? Honestly, I've been watching his card market. I'll, I'll talk about the card market first on him. I've been watching it like the first couple of days, like some of my stuff started to pop off eBay, like on my watch list, like sold, like, but right now it's a little dead, his market. It had that like couple of days of like, wow, Russ is going on a new team. But I think people are realizing, whoa, that AFC is loaded and it's getting hard for his cards to move. Cause people don't know. People don't really know what to expect from him. Like, yeah, he struggled a little bit last year. Obviously he had the finger injury. But I think he's going to come back. He's going to be strong. I think that Denver team is good. I think that defense is real. The offensive side, like for us, I think the change is good to get away from Pete Carroll. The defensive-minded coach, like, let Russ cook. Like, let him do his thing. I, I think it's going to be real this year, and, you're gonna, and people are going to see it. I think after week five, I think the market might switch to, like, wow, all right. I think Denver is real. Have you got a read on just, you mentioned it like with the, it seems like the off season typically is like, it's the speculation. People are DMing you, asking you about certain guys. And then you get into the season and it, it starts with this point up until kickoff, everyone's buying everyone. And then once you get to about, I don't know, week four or five, six, then the list starts dwindling where like, Few guys are very few guys are going up, and majority of the guys are either staying stagnant or going down. We're gonna, I want to get into like your Jalen Hurts and the buying thing, but like, how how do you assess that situation going into a a season? What you want to be holding and what you like, what you want to be getting rid of? For me, it's I buy, I'll buy everyone, I'll buy any quarterback. When I go to shows, I'll I'll be like, all right, I like that price point, I'm gonna buy that. It was Daniel Jones, Jalen Hurts, I don't care. I'll get into that. But I think, like you said, by like week four or five, it starts to like dwindle off. I think most guys really dwindle off. Even like the Allens, the Mahomes, like for some reason, the the buying period stops for that. And it starts to kick back up like during playoff time. I think that might be the best time to buy. Because people are like a little off of football cards for some reason. I think it's because they're just so locked in on their team is what it comes down to. Because a lot of people in the hobby buy these quarterbacks and they don't like that team. So they're not really like paying attention as much is what I'm realizing. Like how many Buffalo bill fans do you know? Not many, like how many charger fans do you know? Not many, but like you have a bunch of Cowboys fans, but they ain't buying Dak. I can tell you that. Why is that? I don't, I, I, I love buying Dak. Like he's my guy too, but I don't know. No one, they just don't think he's good. <laughs> people in the hobby don't think he's good. It's like, Dak's a solid quarterback. I'm sure, like, if you're a Lions fan or you're one of these terrible teams, like, you would take Dak in a heartbeat. Like, I don't know why you wouldn't want want to own his cards. It's it's the Cowboy effect. That's what it is. 
It's everyone hates the it's everyone against the Cowboys. No, no doubt. Uh, so talk about uh, kind of what you look for in the cards you buy, the players' cards you buy. You, you mentioned Jalen Hurts. Talk me a little bit through like what's going on your in your head right now in this offseason and some of the opportunities. I compare players a lot. Like, like obviously, I compare like Herbert's price points to Jalen Hurts' price points because it's the same year. And I, I'll also compare like two to Jalen Hurts. Um, I, and I also and the third thing is I, I look to see like what cards are popular. So obviously, uh, Herbert's way better player than Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts isn't that great, but there's something there. And there's a bunch of Eagles fans. There's there's something there. So I look to see like what's popular for Herbert, and I try I'll search that for Hurts. I'll be like, okay, like I don't mind these price points. But then I'll search like Tua's cards compared to Hurts. I'm like, like Tua's not much better than Hurts. Like, all right, I think I'm gonna get into some Hurts cards. So that's what I've been doing for like since like last year. But one thing I've been realizing over the last like couple weeks is people want the lower end of a guy like Jalen Hurts or like Mitch Trubisky, which I mean makes sense because they don't want to be dumping thousands into a a Jalen Hurts or Mitch Trubisky. That's what I learned. I bought. A prism gold Jalen Hurts rookie, and it was a tough sale because I'm like, all right, I want to get four thousand for this, and it's like that's a four thousand dollar card, but it's like, who really wants to dump four thousand in Jalen Hurts? What's the upside so of that? There, I mean, there's a there's huge upside if he, if he pans out, but it's like right now, it's like I'm not dumping four thousand into into that card, even though it's one of his best cards. I'm not doing that. So like, what I've been doing this offseason, I'm like, all right, I'll look into like his his low like his low numbered prism stuff, like blue ice or like orange prism and the price points are so cheap that i'm like all right i i can get into that if i make a few uh 100 200 bucks off that i'm all in one mistake i just made was uh i was buying a couple mitch Trubisky cards actually like i was buying an immaculate i bought like a light blue like like 100 bucks each i ended up trading that and some cash and to, to get into like a bigger trubisky card i don't know why i did that because <laughs> no one wants to spend this money on trubisky I, I ended up getting uh his prism camo to 25 it's a sick card. Like it's beautiful looking. It's like, it should be like a six, $700 card, but you really want to dump that much money into Jabisky. So what I've learned over this past year is like for guys like Hertz and Trubisky, like on the lower end, stick to the low end stuff, low end, but, but good, like they're good low end stuff. Don't go in on the national treasures. Don't go in on their contenders, cracked ice. That's what I've learned, even though contenders, favorite easily so so i want i want to dig into that because that's important so maybe define from a product perspective define what you mean as as low low end but you know the mark the market will eat up on some of those guys that are have question marks with them so the question mark guys my favorite thing to buy is their contenders base you can't go wrong it's paper it's it's a nice auto like and they're still cheap that's like my absolute favorite thing to buy or i look my my favorite uh prism color to buy is like the orange to i think there's a 249 these past couple of years those are like my two absolute favorite cards to buy because the price points are cheap and they still have room to grow to a point where people will still spend the money on it's like i'll get into to that card for 100 bucks all right if it can get it to 200 bucks like in a little bit i'm gonna sell it like someone will put 200 dollars into a hertz card they're not gonna put four thousand in a hertz card unless they're Bro, super I- eagles like i believe in him Bro, I'm laughing because like the first card when Carson Wentz signed with the Colts last year, the first card I bought was his orange prism. 
<laughs> but but it was because at the time I bought the card because it was it seemed like a it was affordable in my mind and it was like if it pans out the way I want it to the upside on this is is probably pretty good obviously it, the way it played out yeah I I did well that's rose rose colored glasses right a little too crazy <laughs> but you'll live you learn I'm, I told myself I'm not going to do this again with Matt Ryan but go talk to me uh, you know a, a couple months from now and see where I'm at. Couple of weeks, you'll have a contenders national treasures coming in soon. <laughs> so, so talk about the so then on the, the the you mentioned cracked ice. Obviously, I think that anyone who collects football cards digs can relate to that. But like, if what, talk to me about like when you're making those hot, what are the higher end products, and then like what are the qualifiers on players for you to be like, all right, I'm going to spend this money on a premium product of a premium quarterback. Like, what needs to fall into place? So my, I buy, I look into like my eBay searches, like their national treasures, their contenders, and then their prism. I stick with to those three mix in a flawless a little, obviously it's expensive, but I'll mix into them. I think so like the premium guys I'll buy is Alan Herbert. I love buying Lamar too. I think there's a lot of room to grow on him. Um, and then the lower and stuff, like I was saying, like their base contenders, their, uh, their prism look like, high numbered i guess the 249 is a little high numbered like on the orange like like that's what i'll buy for like a hurt but if i'm looking like for alan for i'm looking for his numbered contenders even though it's a little pricey right now i'm i'm looking into that i also love buying uh national treasures of quarterbacks like they're uh they're the colossal i think they're called mm-hmm. uh nfl gear like stuff like that i think those things have so much room compared to like the true because the trues are just out of control price. Like to a normal guy, like you can't buy that. It's hard. It's a hard sale. But if I get an NFL gear of like Kyler, like, all right, that's like a $800 card. Like someone's going to want to spend that. It's a nice auto. Like it's a nice looking card. I love looking for value and stuff like that. Talk to me about just like the true NT true RPA versus like a prism gold. Those two cards, if, are cards and you can even probably throw in a contenders cracked ice like those cards to me seem like in the football card market just at the back row as like those are the three so like when you say you're you buy on value obviously those cards are going to be more expensive but how do you assess like what to you will you get more value is it situational does it depend by product like how do you think about it with those premium products well, for me, I'm not like into the high end stuff. Like I love it. Like I love looking at it. I'd, I'd love to buy it. I just look for value. Like, like I said, like colossal national treasures. It's a great secondary to the true national. You can't afford the true national. Like it's expensive still for like a colossal Allen. Like I just sold one. It's, it's still expensive, but it's like, whoa, like I own an NT Allen, even though it's not the true, I still own an NT. Or even like with the base contenders, I still own a, a contenders of Allen. Like that's where I, I look for value, like stuff like that. And then like like you're saying with the three, I actually completed uh, so I have like a little PC of like Dallas Cowboys rookies I buy. I've been buying CD Lamb. My favorite buy right now is like Tony Pollard. So I I finally completed those three runs of the the NT, the Prism Gold, and uh the cracked ice of those three, which I'm super stoked about. Super that's stoked that I was able to get a Tony Pollard cracked ice. Super cheap. I saw someone at at one of the shows had like, I think it was the 
the black one-on-one Tony Pollard. I can't remember somebody. I think it was the Dallas show actually. Oh, I'm looking for that. I need to find that card. <laughs> I, I, got, I, I actually got the gold at the national. I was like walking around randomly. I was like, what the hell is that doing here? Like, is it, <laughs> I was like, all right, I got to get that card. So I had, I ended up having like my, I had like a blue shimmer to 10 of Tony Pollard. I was like, would you do like a straight up trade? They're like at a hundred bucks. I'm like, deal. I'm taking that gold home. Like I knew, I knew, I knew the prism gold was like the card to have. That's an, and that, Oh, that's another, that's another thing we get into is prism gold. I love that. Yeah. Well, that's what I think. Like, I don't know, man, like we talked about getting in and out of cards, but like, there's something about like the products. And if it's, you find a prism gold of someone who's on your team or a player you like, who might not be like a top flight player, but like, I, to me, that's like the fun part of the hobby. It's like I had a save search for like Philip Rivers gold prism forever, and I lost out on one. It got scooped up uh, when he was the Colts quarterback. And then like three months later, one popped up and it was like, I don't know, man, I might have paid like 65 bucks for it, but I was like thrilled. And now I'm like, I'm just glad that I can own that card that represents that season. And to me, that's like my favorite card, you know, a gold prism. And I'm not going to go like try to get out and sell it for a bunch, but it's just, it's a nice card to own. Prism gold, like bets are my like absolute favorite thing to buy. Like a random, I was buying, I was looking at, uh, it was an Amari Cooper. Like I obviously he just got traded, but it was like, he's still in his Cowboys uniform. Like it's like a hundred bucks. Like I love buying stuff like that. Like I'm, I think about like, all right, what's a hard box. Like I could, I could afford that. Like I'm going to go get that prism gold. Like, cause it's just the, there's nothing better than owning like the gold of a card. I don't know. I just, I love doing that. Like right. But when I, when I pick my fantasy team out, like every year I'm like, all right, I got to get an Austin Eckler prison gold now. Like, I don't care if it's a rookie. Like I'm not looking to sell Austin Eckler. Like give me a random Austin Eckler gold here. All right. 60 bucks. Boom. Bye. Do you feel like I feel this way? And I'd love to get your opinion that like the market is getting a little more sophisticated where when I first got back in, to cards and looked at what was going on. It's the focus was so lasered in on, on rookie cards of players. But now like, it seems like the more mature collector is more interested in the, the, the product itself. Like the, like it doesn't like, yeah, they'd love a rookie card, but like what's more important is like the product and the parallel, regardless of year, especially if it's a, a, a player like a, a, a Russell Wilson having any gold Russell Wilson rookie card is is significant to me that just that's the way I collect and it just seems like more and more hearing you talk it seems like more and more people are operating that way totally like for like the vet players like like a Russ I think it's better to own like his vet prism cold than his rookie stuff people don't love rookie stuff for older guys like that like Stafford's or like Stafford's rookie it's like, it's not that nice looking. So when they're able to like get like their vet prism gold, it's like, all right, I'd rather own that. And that's what I thought with Russ too. Like I, I got the, I got the 2013. I'm like, I think I'd rather own this over most Russ cards, except the rookie one I own. But that card just means so much to me. That was Super Bowl year. Like 2013 is my favorite year. Like everything's going for that card, which I love. I love when something just, just hits for you, right? Like a uh, special year, like, it's low number. It, it looks good. Like that's like, like I look for stuff for, for certain players, but like, a, but like Herbert and Burrow and stuff like that. Like, I don't know if there's going to be a market for their vet cards, like in a couple of years. Cause I think people are going to want their rookies because their rookie stuff 
is in like uh their the rookie stuff is like the era of like where like Russell uh Wilson's vet stuff is. So they're gonna be like, all right, I gotta get like Herbert's rookie stuff instead of getting like uh like Wilson's like rookie stuff. Because they, they they when they came into the hobby, it was it's it's now it's 2020 they came in. They love people love Prism. They love Prism 2020, like they'd rather just own Herbert's rookie instead of like down the road, like Herbert's fifth year card. No doubt. I love that perspective a lot there. A lot of insight there. A um, couple more before we take this home. I I know you're a big eBay guy looking at eBay, safe searches and tracking those. How important are like other individuals in relationships in the hobby? Like talk to me a little bit about just relationships and getting cards, selling cards, like how how you look at relationships that you build. It's massive. Like I think I... Uh... I talked to my buddy Drake, uh, Drake's PC. I think almost every single day we send eBay links every day of of players like I know he likes, and he'll send me players like I like. He'll always send me Russell cards. He'll send me a Dak card. I'm always sending him like a Peyton Gold if I've seen him. Like you, he told you the story about when I found that 2012 for him. Like I'm yeah, why, I'm like, well, share share the story because it's unreal, dude. I'm I'm I think I'm in the gym. Like I'm just like I, I I'm checking eBay like it's like 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 Twitter at this point eBay is so much fun to me. So I'm just scrolling through my, like my prism gold section. It's like, wow, Manning first year gold. Like Drake's got to buy this. I Drake's got to buy this card. So I sent it to me. He goes, I sent him. He goes, he goes, should I make an offer? I go, no, buy that bin it. I don't care. He bought in seconds. And now, and then I think he, he was saying like people on the forums are like, who stole that Manning card? Like that was, that's ridiculous. Like, People were pissed about that. And I was able to snipe that for him, which I love. I love sniping cards like that. When they go up for minutes and buy, don't even think about it. Don't offer. And I even like, I, but I just said that, like, I love doing that. A Russ, uh, I think it was a 2020 gold just came up for like 500 bucks. And I saw, it, I'm like, I, I really want that. Let me send an offer real quick. Gone. Yeah. Oh, minutes. dude. When you know, you know, like with the, with that Peyton card, before I even knew Drake got it, I I checked kind of sold listings, and at the time, not right now, I don't know. Was it what was the price of that card that it sold for? It was like fifteen hundred, honestly. Yeah, it it was it was it something was, like whoa, like <laughs> all right, there's a lot of room there. You better go buy that thing. <laughs> yeah, everybody thought that. Obviously, that thing went viral in the communities. Maybe you can describe it. Help me understand. It's when something comes up and you get the blue dot and you see it you're examining it and it has a buy it now, but then it has to make an offer. You just have these instincts sometimes where it's like, I don't want to fuck around with this. Like if I make an, like this is fear. It's like, if I make an offer, somebody else sees this too, and they're just going to come smash Bennett. So it's better it, what it costs you, maybe like an extra two, 300, 400 bucks or something like the security of knowing it's going in your PC rather than just that waiting game sucks. It's like my least favorite the thing in the hobby where you're sitting around. So, Maybe like share some perspective there. So I won't, if a, a card comes up like of a, some random rookie quarterback and it's like a good price, like there's a best offer on it. Like I'll wait it out for that to send an offer. But like, if it's like a PC guy, like a prism gold thing comes up, like I'm usually smashing that bin. Like you, you can't mess around with those. Cause like, like how much, how much cheaper are you going to get it at that point? It's like, all right, something got posted for 800 bucks. Like, uh, I think I've been to a Russell for 800 bucks one day. 
I was I was talking to Drake about it. I was like, should I just bin it? Should I just bin it? He's like, yes. Like, how many more times is that going to come up? Just bin it. Like, worry about it later. Like, you'll be fine. Like, if you trust the card, and even though you, you think it might be a little pricey, and you trust that card, just just do it. Uh, yeah, I get into that where it's you, you're with talking to buddies about it, and they're like, dude, it's like 80 bucks we're talking about here. Just like, go go get it. Peace of it. mind. Oh, yeah, like like someone was like, we'll send cards like back and forth to each other, like a hundred bucks. I'm like, just buy it. He's like, oh, why not? What's a hundred bucks? They're going wrong. Like, yeah, like money's important, but like, if you want that card, it's a hundred bucks. Like, go treat yourself. We're all we're all terrible for each other because we just encourage each terrible. other. Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, even with let's... the big cards, it's like, even with the big cards, they're like, should I should I just bid on like like bid on it? I'm like, yeah, why not? That card's sick. Don't don't. Don't miss out on that card. Go get it. Go get it. I'm 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 the number one supporter with that. I'm like, go buy, go buy, go buy. <laughs> the, the problem is, is that because we have equity in our PCs, that we it just takes m- making that move, and then it puts you kind of in that moment where you're like, all right, now it's time. To- now I got to get rid of something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hardest part is selling. Hardest it, part is selling. Let's close it out with this, man. You shared so many good like things. I think people don't necessarily talk about which I, I'm very happy that you did. I've learned a ton. This football card market's wild. It's gone crazy. Brady's back. Mahomes, new change of scenery. Russell Wilson. There's going to be a rookie wheel again. Second year guys, Herbert Burrow. It's just there's the media coverage of the NFL is phenomenal. Like it's all I pay attention to. Like if someone is looking to level up just how they operate in with football cards and want to make maybe get a little more serious, like what what advice would you you give them? Like, what are some fundamentals at this point now that probably when this drops, this it'll be April, April to uh, September kickoff. Like, what kind of feedback do you have for anyone who wants to get a little more serious with football cards? I think if you're getting started, I would pick a player and go all in on them. If you really believe in someone, even if he's not your quarterback, like if you feel the price point is right when you're searching things go all in on it and don't be afraid to take a risk when you're buying cards. Like if you're going to lose your, you're not going to lose that much is what I've learned. It's like, you're, you're not gambling. You're not gambling away. Like, yeah, you're spending $500. Like you still have an asset is what I realized. Like I'm not just throwing $500 at like a, a box and ripping it open, hoping I get something. No, like I go in on that quarterback. If you really believe in him, do your research, do like a uh, check your price points. Check. I always check things compared to like, the Mahomes and like Herberts. If I'm looking for those younger guys, like always, always check like price points. If you think you can make like a little bit of money on each. I'll add something to that too. Cause I've been through this and I'm an all in type of guy is make sure that when you do go all in on someone, go find the, the player collectors of that guy who've been there before, because even if it doesn't work out, you have someone to turn to, to get rid of your cards. And it might not be if it didn't work out, it might not be for, for what you bought them at. And you might take a little loss, but it's an easy way to get liquid on something. Agree. If you find a buyer for that one card, just keep buying it. And you know that they'll come back to you and buy it. I think that's another good, a great point. Like I got one buyer for Lamar Jackson and I'm always looking up Lamar cards to buy to sell to him. Just that one guy. If you find that one guy that loves buying that one certain player, keep buying. So much good stuff. You can follow him on Instagram, Mikey.sportscards. Dude, this was fun, man. I could we could talk forever. I learned a ton. Have to ha- get you back on the show. 
Thanks so much for your time, man. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I could talk football cards for hours with Mikey, man. That was fun. I want to bring him back on. There are so many different other topics to explore in the space. Someone who I'm learning from, hopefully you can learn from him too. Go follow him at Mikey.SportsCards on Instagram. Take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. I'll be back with more Stacking Slabs podcast next week. 